Let's pray. Lord, you've already spoken a bunch today, an hour's worth. Uh, and I pray that as we just continued uh, to look at this verse, that you would uh, solidify in our hearts the passion that you have for us and the passion you want to generate in us for you and for your calling, that which you have called us for. And we are grateful, Lord, that you you haven't just saved us to, to be, uh, j- just to, to hang out, but you've saved us because you have a great a great story to unfold in our lives. We love you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, for me, uh, the school year is going to begin in a week. And anytime I come around the school year, I think of back to school. <laughs> it's like, oh no, what do I have to do to get back to school? And this week uh, we'll be putting together Santa Clara Christian School with our community and uh, the teachers are excited and, and all the possibilities of all that can possibly uh, go on before we hit the daily grind. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, it's going to be a most beautiful, wonderful year, best year ever. Uh, and, and then in the day to day, we're going to go, really, kid? You're going to, you know, just, you're going to do that? Anyway, uh, but God has great things in store for us. But as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about that usually in this season, also churches, gatherings of people, they get together and they begin to refocus on what God wants them to learn or do. Uh, as well. And that's where this, this verse came uh, to me, because what I've discovered is that most Christians, uh, th- there's, there's births of growth in their life. When you first come to Christ, you tend to like, ooh, and part of it's knowledge, because like, I never knew all this stuff. It's kind of like, whoa, uh, you, you're, you're getting involved in a whole new realm uh, that you didn't know. Some is interacting with the Spirit. Some is coming into a community of people. It's like, I didn't know there was people that believed like this. Uh, I remember when uh, I, I came to Christ in April, and in September, I went to Bible college. Never do that. Uh, but, it, but it's because I wanted to, you know, I did, I, when I got saved, I didn't know there was such a thing as a Bible college. Uh, but I, w- I was working with a guy, and he and he went to a Bible college. I'm like, "What's that?" He goes, "It's a college where they teach the Bible." And I'm like, "Who invented that?" And then I found out there's there's actually thousands of them. Uh, but uh, but as an unbeliever, I was so you know that was so far like, "Whoa, they people really like they studied the Bible in college." And so I said, "I have to go." And so I, I went to the college, and they said, "You can't come." And I said, "Why not?" It's because you just came to Christ. I'm like, yeah, but I, but I, I was old at the time. I was 23 uh, when I came to the Lord, so that's like really old, uh, you know. So most people think my wife, you know, they got saved at like two, you know. It's like, yeah, we love Jesus, you know. <laughs> we love Jesus. First words, uh, and other others of us, you know, we're in our 20s, going, uh, I, I, I missed something. More along the line. Anyway, so I go to uh, Bible college, and and I was on probation for for the first. Uh, semester, they said, okay, we'll let you come, uh, but you're on probation. Um, and then I started to, uh, I, I started to learn a lot. Uh, like, uh, all of a sudden, I realized I could read. You know, my whole high school, I'm like, you know, they'd say, read this book. I'm like, 
how do I get away from reading this book? I never read a book in, in high school, never. I, I mean, I didn't read, I, I, anyway, you don't want to know about my high school. <laughs> Those are, aren't you glad the high school is right here today? I don't want to offend anybody. But anyway, I was not studious, but when I came to Christ, I'm like, whoa, this Bible's awesome. And somebody, I, I was working at this uh, Catholic soup kitchen. I was doing volunteer time because I was worried uh, about my court date. Now, that's another story for another day. <laughs> but I was doing some volunteer time, and this, and this girl that was working there, uh, she handed me uh, the, the New Living uh, Bible. And I'm like, wow, this is really a cool Bible. This is before I was in Bible college. And I'm like, I should just read this. And so I just read the whole Bible, like, you know, in a week, whatever. I, I just, because that's what you're supposed to do as a Christian, right? So anyway, I was getting this massive quantity of information, and it, it, it threw me into a trajectory of like, dude, this is awesome. But after one year of Bible college, I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, you know too much. You do too little. You must leave. And I said, no. Don't take away my brain. I'm, incre- I'm incredible. Um, but instead, he brought me to a church that just uh, said, uh, can you pick this up? Can you go clean up some trash? And I learned to serve, and I realized that doing for God started putting together all of the pieces. And every year I would pray, Lord, can I go back to Bible college? And he would say, no, you still know too much. <laughs> and I say, you know, so we came over here, we started a church, and I said, can I go back? All these people are going, where, where, did, you, where did you get your education? I don't have any education. <laughs> it's like, I need to go back to Bible college. He said, no, don't go back. So eventually, after uh, four years, uh, two, three, I don't know what it is. I'm an old guy now, so I can't remember. Thank you. Uh, where I was, but eventually God said, okay, you can go back. And so I went back, and all of a sudden it made sense. I'd go to the class, and then, uh, you, you know, I'd go to, you know, like pastoral counseling class, and then somebody would come in my office and, and, and say, hey, I have a problem. And they had real problems, you know, stuff that the pastoral counseling really didn't cover. <laughs> like, you know, like nice Christians having an issue with their mother or something. It's like, no, that's not what I was dealing with. I was dealing with, like, sin, and uh, I could tell you stories. Anyway, I'm not going to. All that to say is that when we, as Christians, we have these bursts of growth, and then we have these plateaus, and then we have these drifts. And uh, I, I know a lot of times, and then, and then we, we, tar- we really start to skim after a while. It's like, you know, Brooke in his, his statement today, he's like, I know I normally do read my Bible, but how many have not read your Bible every day of your life this month? Uh, okay, not, okay, it's like somewhere or another. I always try to, I, I've got that app. Now, I read my Bible in other times, but I have this app, you, you know, the, the Bible app, and, and, it, and it tracks, like, how many days in a row. And I hate that. Yeah, you get, yeah, you, no, I, but I hate that because all of a sudden I'm like, what? And it usually happens, on, you know, it happens on Saturday when I actually get a longer quiet time, but I just don't, I don't read my email, so I don't see the thing that I should be using my app, and then I'm all shamed. Uh, you too? How many feel shame when you don't read your Bible? That's not the point. The point is this. I want to know Christ. Okay, what is it, what's going to happen? How am I going to know him? Right? So part of that uh, is there. Anyway, so we're back to school, and this is a good season for us to say, what can I do to have this kind of passion? I mean, this dude is, do you think he's passionate here? 
He's like, as the deer pants for the water, that's nothing. I am so thirsty for God right now, I've got to have him. But most Christians are kind of like satisfied. How do I know? It's because I can live totally satisfied. <laughs> it's like, Lord, you know I've been walking with you like uh, 30, 30 plus years, which sounds like a long time. And I have a, a wealth of information banked up here in my brain. And I could, I could really skim for quite a while. And you guys wouldn't even know. You'd go, this guy is brilliant. It's like, because I'm working off an of old manna here, guys. So, you know, I got a, I got this storehouse going. But that doesn't lead you to truly knowing Christ. Because let, let's just say I was married for 35 years with my wife. That is true. <laughs> but we still get a chance to know each other completely different because we're not the same people who met when we were 20. Woo! It was a party. Uh, now we're like older. She's younger. I married her when she was 16. Um, but we still have opportunity to know each other much, much better. And with Christ, as you, as we'll talk about as we go through this resurrection suffering cycle, which we do, then you get to know him better. And that's what Paul is saying. He's like, oh man, I've gone through this, this cycle of knowing Christ at this level. But there's many more levels to know until there's just one heart beating together. Remember, Jesus says that when a person's married, the two shall become one. And he uses that, and the Bible uses that as a metaphor for us as well. That as Christ, we want to grow to such a place that his heart and our heart are the same. You with me? All right, better keep moving because I have a song to share. All right. So he says, I want to know Christ. I want to know the power of the resurrection. So the first thing uh, I want to talk about in uh, it, this is a season. Are you guys ready to go into a new season? Uh, the, the school of Christ. Are you ready? Are you satisfied with your life with Christ right now? And he's like, that's ah, good enough. How many say that's good enough? Okay. How many want more? Okay. If you don't want more, then that's okay. Then you pray to want more, right? Because, you know, until, you know, he's like, I haven't obtained this. And you're looking at Paul writing this. Doesn't he seem like a guy that would have obtained something by now? He goes, I, I, I got to press on. I got to press on. I got to press on. I want to know Christ. And you're like, well, if there's one guy that knew him, it was probably him. But it, he's like, no, there's further depths to go. Okay. So let's talk about our, uh, the, the, how to enhance our relationship with Christ. I've talked about this, but let's let's just say in any relationship, what does it take to build a relationship with someone? You guys tell me. Ah, time, time together. Now, a lot of times when we when we think about being time together with Christ, we think that I'm reading my Bible. Now, sometimes I watch TV and Jendi's talking to me. I know no other guy has ever done this. I'm not fully engaged. I'm in relationship, but I'm not building the relationship. The, to build a relationship, you have to take on, you know, you have to stop reading your Bible. What? <laughs> don't say it that way. I don't want to say it that way because, uh, but a lot of times that's, that's our thing. It's like, I'm in a relationship with God because I'm reading more of the Bible. I say read a little less. Like, that's why we do our, our sacred readings unless, like Kendra was saying, I read it 10 times and then it started to come to life. But I've read, you know, usually I'll read a, a, a book a day kind of thing that, you know. 
But there's just one verse or two verses that'll stick out because God stops me and says, let's just, let's just pause and talk together about this. So time, what else do you need? Struggle. Yes. Let's talk about that for a minute. There's, there is, uh, you know, in every relationship that's really built, there's some struggle along the way. Most of you I haven't had an argument with lately, uh, but I want to. <laughs> now, I always think about this, but, but thanks, for Jamie, for saying that, because it, you grow closer when you go through the cycle of having some suffering together and then forgiving or working through that thing, right? And then you actually have a stronger bond. When people just leave one another and it's like, well, we agree to disagree, and I hope I never see you until, until heaven. That doesn't build relationship, does it? What happens is when people struggle together, then they learn to love one another better, right? That's, so I like that. I'll give you, uh, anyone have a third one? Oh, what? I think it has to be quality time. That is time alone just in a group. Yeah, and unfortunately, uh, if if you go to a real good church where they keep everything really busy, you can substitute that for having a relationship with God. A lot of people do. It's like, I I went to church and I got filled up. It's like, wow, I came filled up to church. That's that's the way you're supposed to come. You're supposed to come filled up. Now, I understand there's times when, you know, I'm depleted and I'm glad... Every time I actually join together with you guys to worship and share, uh, it fills me up. I'm good for a whole week. Okay. But thank you, Leonard. Spending time together. So in my relationship with my wife, we spend a lot of time together. We actually like each other. And if there was anybody that I wanted to spend my time with, it's her. And anyway, and Jesus. Go ahead, Maria. Maria. Patience. I like that. Yeah, we do. To build a good relationship, you have to have a lot of patience and a lot of forgiveness. Jendi's super patient with me. Uh, I, I've changed a little bit in 35 years, but uh, actually, I've changed a lot. What do you think? <laughs> Scale one to ten here. <laughs> She's just being kind, uh, which is also one of her traits. Okay, so. The other thing in relationship, I think that's important, is to have a mission, right? With Jesus, and I think this is lost in the body of Christ, is a lot of times we are not seeing our relationship with Jesus as part of the mission because we have to have something to give the world. And not just knowledge like, hey, unbeliever, I read in the Bible today, not interested. Hey, believer, I spent time, or unbeliever, I spent time with Jesus, and he would like to speak to you. That, that's powerful. That's way more powerful, right? And I always say that about, about the mission. Um, sometimes I'll do premarital counseling. One of my first questions is always, how is God going to get more glory out of you together than you separately? Uh, and if he can't, then maybe you should stay single, because Paul said single people are awesome. Okay, just kidding. All right, no, he does. He says, I want you like me. I'm a single guy moving around with Jesus. Uh, 
And he goes, no, but there's that thing called marriage where God does this amazing work. Okay, also in our Guatemala mission, some of the relation, the best relationships I've built in over time are people that I've spent time doing mission with, doing church with. My, my friend Ray, who was here last week, uh, we, we, we started the school together. When you have a mission like that, uh, man, you suffer a lot and you go through a lot. Okay, so enhancing our relationship with Jesus, let's talk about it uh, just for a minute more. Um, first, it needs, it needs some passion. Yes? And like I said, if you don't have the passion, just say, Jesus, I need passion for you. Because un- until I, I can say, I want to know Christ, yes, then I'm not where I, I want to be with Jesus. At least that's for me. All right. Um, spending time quietly before him. As, as, uh, because how many know that Jesus' voice is quiet? Anybody? Anybody? I wish he would yell at me. <laughs> yeah, stop doing that. Oh, do this. It's like, oh, I have to stop and say, oh, Lord, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. And he's like, yeah, it's because you're, you're, you're so distracted by the things of this world. They keep you from me. And you have to turn it off so that you can hear me. So you have to listen in any relationship. And to do that, you have to be quiet. So let me recommend to you in the School of Christ, you have to take some time every day, turn it all off. And when you turn it all off, you'll still get a lot of static. Do you know that? Your brain is full of it until you keep yourself from that. Okay. So, and then of course, take your Bible with you, but read it sparingly so that he can speak the words in, in that. Okay. Number two, because I have a song. Did I tell you I have a song? I have a song. And so I got to get to that song. So now the second part of this is the power to participate in suffering. A lot of times we think that the power of the Holy Spirit is just for demonstrations of power or to, or, you know, it's like what we need today is we need a demonstration of God's spirit in the room. We got to get Maria healed. We got to. Amen. We do need that. But what the power of the Holy Spirit's about is the ability to die, the ability to suffer, right? Because you know, you know more about the power of God in suffering now, Maria, than probably anybody in the room. You know the power of the Holy Spirit to carry you through suffering, right? And it's the same in, in, our, in all of our lives, that if we want to grow, we need to allow the Holy Spirit to take us through those times of suffering, even unto death. Now, I don't mean that, you know, it's easy to die. Did you know that? People do it every day. They die. But it's hard to die to yourself. It's hard to die to your sin. It's hard to die to your own, you know, way. Those are the things that take the Holy Spirit. And it takes that passion to say, I want to know you, and I want you to work out the suffering that it's going to take to change me because so that I can be born again. That's what resurrection is, right? And the words here, if I had more time, if I had an hour to talk about what Paul's developing here, 
are very powerful. It's not, uh, it, it's not just like, oh, a nice resurrection. It's like this powerful, powerful arising. Okay, so I'm just going to leave it at that. If you're suffering right now, allow the Holy Spirit to take you all the way to where it works in your life and in, in new life. Okay? How many of you have some suffering? I don't, and physical suffering is one thing, but most of our suffering really is, is emotional. Um, it's, it's, it's missing hope, it, things like that. And, and God wants to bring us to this place of new life in all of those things. Make sense? You guys with me? All right, last but not least. He says this thing. He says, I, I, I press on to take hold of that, 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 for which he took hold of me. Living with continual passion is an art form. It's a desire, but I really, I don't know about you, it usually happens when I'm reading my Bible and all of a sudden I'm like, I want to be like Psalm 42. I want to pant. And I don't know, that I, I, I've had discussions with other pastor friends of mine, and, and we'll talk about you know, people in church. And it's like, why is one person who you've spoken with for the last five years, they're like, I got to have it. And another person's like, I got enough. We haven't figured it out. But for you, you are here because you're the I got to have it kind of people. I just know that because otherwise you wouldn't be here. And you can tell the others are unrepresented, uh, these people here. They're, unrep- they're like, I ain't got to get it. I ain't got to have it. I am doing something else. Okay. Uh, so God bless them that they would find that passion for Jesus wherever they are. Okay. Pressing on to take hold of that which God has a purpose for each and every one of us, a calling for each and every one of us. It's found already in a place that you know in your heart. A lot of people are like, well, what's my gift? You are God's gift. You know that? Who you are is the, is the gift that God has made you. We're like, oh, can you give me something extraordinary? You are extraordinary. You're a masterpiece fashioned by God. And this passion that he wants is to be able to release you to the world. He wants to, as he says, I press on to take hold of that which Christ took hold of me. I like the way that Kendra put it. He took hold of me to love me. That's how I heard it. He took hold of me to love me. There's nothing that's going to create more passion in my life than when I'm loved by God and really understand that. You know, it's kind of easy to love my wife. You know why? Because she loves me. And she loves me in my, my you know, well, she might not like me in, my, in my, my worst case, but she still always loves me, right? And so it makes it easy for me to come back to that relationship. And Christ as well loves us the same way. So take hold of him. He loves you. The end.
and now a song. <laughs> yeah, my goal, you know, last week I, I, I shared some of my vision. You know, when I, when I, I come to church or whatever I do, any kind of ministry, I always have a, a, a picture in my mind of what I want to see. And this is what I wanted to see today. I wanted us to, to walk away from our time together saying, I want to know Christ. I want to take hold of him because he's taken hold of me. And so uh, I was listening to a song, and, and that I think that represents a, a little bit. So here we go. Relax and enjoy the song. This will be our benediction. Thank you, Lord. Amen. That song goes on for about 12 minutes, so I thought I'd cut you. <laughs> I would listen to it, but we'd be here. Isn't that beautiful? Huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amen. I love, I, yeah, I, I love giving up lesser lo- lovers. That's such a beautiful line. No idols in our lives. Well, with that, let's just pray for a moment. Lord, you enroll us in the school of Christ. We want to know you more. This week, as we go about our times, give us times of quiet where we can hear your voice. As we read your word, may you illuminate what you want to speak to us in it. And more than anything, Lord, teach us to become like you so that we can impact the world that we live in for your sake. Thank you for taking hold of us. Now we want to take hold of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Make this your best day ever. And uh, hopefully this will be your best week ever since you haven't lived it yet. It's going to be awesome. So we'll, God bless those of you who have joined us online. Uh, we'll hope to see you soon. We'll see ya. The rest of us, lunch will be served. Is it pasta today? Pasta day. All right, man. All right. God bless you guys. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you.